I just looked at my first note. <laughs> I bet we have the same first note. <laughs> Billy Butch? Yeah. Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which came out in 2008 and uh, stars Jason Segel, Kirsten Bell, Kirsten, Kristen, Kristen Bell? Kristen. Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, and I just blanked on his name, Russell Brand, and Jonah Hill. We are... Reporting direct from self-isolation, social distancing. Right. It's just really nice to see another person's face and to hear another person's voice. I've been FaceTiming with mom like daily. She's like, I need to see babies. I was like, good, because you're not leaving the house. Put the babies on social media. Guys, I will be the chicken little who is like, don't leave your homes. You can take walks. You can take walks. You can take your dog for a walk. You can take your kids for a walk. Guys, I've read it all. I know all the rules. Walks Carrie are great. Are acting Surgeon General. Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm probably as good as the current guy, so. <laughs> oh, I think you might be better. This is not a political podcast, but that being <laughs> said, this movie opens with Billy motherfucking Bush. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't yes. know. They didn't know then. No, they did not know. I love the opening of this movie. I love the song. I love that he's making his little pecs dance. Good for you, Pete. Good for you. It is a this good is, opening. This is one of my most quoted movies. I also do appreciate that. I mean, in 2008, Billy Bush was, I, I mean, he was very much like the Hollywood entertainment guy. Like, if you were going to do a piece about how famous she was, Billy Bush the, was the guy. The fake Access Hollywood is that what it is? Access Hollywood. The fake Access Hollywood, like, piece on her, down to her, like, eating the noodles into the camera is so on point So good. With the stupid, like, celebrities are just like us. She eats noodles. <laughs> like, yeah, so good. It's really good. Carrie, what were your predictions, Billy Bush aside, <laughs> for this movie? I just want to point out that Billy Bush has been canceled. He's no longer anywhere on our television. And it's the insane actual... that Billy Bush got canceled, but Donald Trump didn't. Because, like, look, I'm right. not defending Billy Bush's um, involvement in that tape, but he was just the yes man. <laughs> Donald Trump was the one talking about grabbing him by the pussy. Right. And now Donald Trump is convincing us all Billy that we Bush have nothing to worry about. Feels bad. I feel like he's probably like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that shit i think he felt that in the moment like if you listen to the again i'm not making excuses for billy bush but like you listen to the audio he's like uh this is awkward right and we've all been in awkward conversations where people are like i rape women all the time and you're like oh okay you know (laughs) you know that classic (laughs) conversation everyone's involved i I don't know but i do think that we wouldn't all be locked in our houses right now if somebody else were president but that's neither here nor there um yes carrie but she's cold she was cold well and she wrote emails once so there's that um i can't anyway okay we should talk about that i was filled with rage i'm gonna go back to let's go back to talking about forgetting ceremony that fills me with joy (laughs) filled with rage um yes this is oh my predictions um they i my predictions were that this movie i would still find it very funny but that 
they may have some issues just because I know Jason Siegel and in particular I know 2008 Jason Siegel. I mean, not, not personally, but <laughs> I am a How I Met Your Mother aficionado and... <coughs> It's a wet cough, everyone. First of all, cut out the cough. But it is a wet cough. I just swallowed cookie wrong. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wet cough. It's wet. I can feel flat. <laughs> Jeff coughed and I was like, was that wet or dry? <laughs> is it a dry cough? Take your temperature. I woke up this morning and it's been like a little bit chillier in LA and it's been rainy. And I woke up this morning and had like, you know, like the kind of sore throat you get when like the weather is cold and you've been sleeping yeah. with your mouth open. I woke up with one of those and I was like, it's gotten to me. <laughs> it's gone now. <laughs> I woke up. I started talking. I drank some water. I it's it's completely gone. I don't know. You were like, I know 2008 Jason Siegel. Oh, how I met your mother, Stan. Here's the thing I will say about that. And the writers of How I Met Your Mother are very respected comedy writers, and some of them I know um, and like very much, uh, and think that they are good people, as well as very very good writers. I don't know that we can put some of the deep problems with How I Met Your Mother onto Jason Siegel. No, I mean he was—he wasn't a writer. No, I'm not I, sure but I just, he was writing the Barney being a full-blown sexual predator. No, but he participated, and I do feel like that was very much on brand for him, in the same way that forgetting Sarah Marshall is on brand for him. Recently, when I was in Europe, my mother was on um, European Netflix, and I would like watch it at night to fall asleep, and at, like really poorly holds up i i found forgetting sarah marshall to hold up much better than early i think on the face of it yes there were some issues that i had particularly with the female characters did you watch the um unrated version i watched the unrated version um no i watched the regular version because i think i've watched the unrated before and i didn't feel like it added much the only thing it adds is a lovely yoga scene with uh kristen um oh wow coronavirus is taking my brain shawl wig Woo! that oh. took too long to get there with <laughs> Kristen wig as the um yoga instructor mm-hmm. and she's hysterical i mostly other than that it was like oh yeah you cut some lines here and there and that was the correct choice yeah this was unnecessary um i've also seen forgetting sarah marshall enough that i could point out which ones were not in the theatrical release yeah because this unlike some of the apatow movies we watched is edited well it is well it's important to note that this is an apatow well not an apatow directed movie it is an apatow produced movie but it's directed by nick stoller yes who is now a tv writer anyway i agree i think this is um a, a much better edited movie than um, the ones that are directed by Judd Apatow. I think they were less precious with things than mm-hmm. perhaps Judd Apatow is. Sometimes I think Apatow is really focused on like scenes and moments, whereas this is feels much more like a movie. Well, and there's a lot of good, there's a lot of like funny stuff that happens in this movie that, you don't necessarily need like there's there is that sort of like this is a very funny scene or a funny sequence and it's not integral to the plot and there's like characters that are very funny that are not integral to the plot but they fill out this world of this resort really nicely and you could easily have cut those for time and instead they found a way to keep in those lovely things while still while still making the movie tight 
in a way that yes. like well, and the extra characters did, virgin does not. Right, the extra characters don't feel excessive. Like you know, his six best friends in knocked up. Right, and like, correct me if I'm wrong. This, like, I think the scene that best exemplifies this is the one where this. I think this is in the theatrical release, but you tell me if you saw it when you watched this movie. Um, the one where Russell Brand is teaching Jack McBrayer's character how to have sex with mm-hmm. chess pieces. Like, that's in the full movie. That is not in any way a necessary scene. It has nothing to do with his relationship with either. Uh, Sarah Marshall or Rachel the hotel girl um, it's like just for fun and it's just and it, I guess it shows like a little bit of kindness and like more humanity in the Russell Brand yeah. character who is otherwise a cartoon yeah. um, but it's not necessary and it's just fun and I would miss it if it were gone yeah I would I would posit that every Russell Brandt to an extreme, but I would posit that everybody in this movie, with the exception of Jason Siegel's character, is a archetype or a like caricature of some kind. Even Rachel? I'm not yeah. sure that Rachel is. Yeah, she's the cool girl. That's true. But I think she is a more interesting version of the cool girl. And I also think is she? I also think that Sarah Marshall is a more interesting version of the movie diva or of the like tv star diva because at one point you a you have the moment where he says i'm this is an access hollywood we can have a conversation like normal people and then she does and then you have that whole scene where he's basically like you cheated on me you're an awful person and she lays out every reason everything she did to try and save their relationship every way he also failed and i really like that that she is not sort of like an evil no, I agree with that. That he was also at fault in their relationship, and she makes a very good point. Now, she's still the villain of this movie. Yeah, but she, I mean, like, kind of. I mean, I don't even know that she really is. I mean, I think she is for two-thirds, but then I do think we get some humanity to her. So I will say this. I will say that the two lead female characters are, I would say Sarah, I think Sarah Marshall is a more interesting character than... Rachel, the Mila Kunis character. Um, I think the archetypical, the archetype, archetypal. Thank you. That word of a cool girl would not also have the flavor of love. Uh, outburst the like, the like screaming at her boyfriend, and the archetypal cool girl would have been like, "All right, you're right. You did just lick the tip of the penis. I forgive you." And instead, I think the women call. And I'm not disagreeing that there are not problems in the characters, but I do think they they are allowed to call the main character on his bullshit in ways that movies don't always allow. He is given to us as this lovable sort of sort of walked all over, done wrong by his girlfriend character. And then in reality, he's also flawed and and he's not allowed to get away with that in ways I think that other movies would allow their stars yeah. to get away with it. Their leading men to get away with it. I agree with that. There is, I mean, there are moments of, like, what we were talking about last week was sort of, like, the nerd fantasy of, like, these two women fighting over this guy. You know, that dinner where the four of them have dinner together and they're getting drunk and, like, the two women are trying to make each other jealous. I mean, to some extent, that feels kind of... Yeah, like there's not a lot of like, Jason Siegel's fantasy. Right. Yeah. 
Um, Although I, but I, do you not buy that he would have been in a relationship with Sarah Marshall? Like I buy that relationship and I buy that when you break up with someone and you start to see them with someone else, you feel that jealousy. So it's bought a little more for me than it was in 16 Candles. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying this movie is as problematic or as poorly written as 16 Candles at all. But I'm just saying like, there is a moment when I was watching it, there is a moment of me being like, okay, this feels like Jason Segel playing out of fantasy a little bit. I get that. I think it's also important to remember that, not this story in any way, but the breakup that inspired this movie was his actual real-life breakup with Linda Cardellini. So if we can... It's not. I went and did some research yesterday. and he Really? Yeah, he says, he has said, he's been asked that because, like, I think she, prior to this movie coming out, she was his most notable in relationship in the entertainment industry. And so he has said, I understand why people would think that, but this is ultimately an amalgamation of a lot of different people and a lot of different relationships. But he actually had his like big talking point was that he had actually been naked in the midst of a break that someone had dumped him while he was naked. Yeah. Yes. He, I mean, he has said like that there are elements of truth in this, but like Sarah Marshall is not based on Linda. Linda Oh, that's not what I was saying. I wasn't, I don't believe that Sarah Marshall is based on, I don't think that's who Linda Cardellini is. I was just saying if we can, if we're, if you're at all having a hard time buying the fact that Jason Siegel could land someone who looks like Kristen Bell or land someone who looks like Mila Kunis, may I remind you that his ex-girlfriends are most notably Linda Cardellini and Michelle Williams. I, yes. I believe I, that he can. And he's also I he's more likable and more jovial and more attractive than you know, like the nerd in 16 Candles or even like Steve Carell's character in 40-Year-Old Virgin. I'm not questioning that Mila Kunis or Kristen Bell would, or that Sarah Marshall or Rachel would date that character or that Linda Cardellini or Michelle Williams would date Jason Segel. I don't think there was ever a dinner where Michelle Williams and Linda Cardellini tried to make each other jealous. Oh, that I, know, I don't that's buy. not what I was suggesting. <laughs> right. And I, I think like in general, like that just feels very... Like, I don't think grown-ass women actually react that way. I think grown-ass women get jealous, and I think when you see your former partner with somebody new, you get jealous. But I don't think, like, I I just think that scene was very heightened. Now, this whole movie sure. is, so I'm not saying it didn't it didn't fit in or it didn't yeah, work or anything like that. I just think it's, yeah. right. I just think to some extent there are moments of this that are Jason Siegel's fantasy. A nerd fantasy okay about the way that women Fair. act yes that's all i'm saying this is one of my most quoted movies yeah i've not seen a friend of mine have a fancy cocktail in years without going i'm samantha i have sex with everybody <laughs> jeff literally every morning i say what is the weather today and jeff says the weather outside is weather every morning. Also, so that Jack McBrayer and uh, Jack McBrayer plays a uh, newlywed, but like an evangelical newlywed who is trying to have sex with his wife for the first time. And he's not good at it. And he has so many good. The weather outside is weather. And also there, it's like you only hear it in the background as he's walking away. But in the background as he's walking away from them to go back up to his suite and meet his wife, he goes off to find the mythical clitoris. <laughs> 
It's so good. Also, weather outside is weather is Paul Rudd. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, this movie is very um, female pleasure positive in that, A, he goes mm-hmm. off to find the mythical clitoris, and Russell Brand, in teaching him how to have sex, says he needs to penetrate penetrate deeply and simulate wait penetrate deeply and stimulate the clitoris simultaneously if you can involve the anus in that that's absolute perfection and he says it the thing about russell brand is that like you said a problematic person maybe but like a totally cartoonish character that he plays 100 genuinely Mm -hmm. like he plays the truth in that character so like the, he he is not playing it like it's funny. He's playing it like it is one hundred percent a real person, and that is what makes it so funny. Yeah. I mean, I do think it is it's a caricature of him, um, but and then the like one of my favorite parts of this movie is the interaction between Russell Brandt and Jonah Hill, and Jonah Hill being this like waiter at the hotel or something that's obsessed with all this snow. Yeah, they made a whole sequel out of it. Although I don't think Jonah Hill plays the same character in Get Him to the Greek. But I've also never seen Get Him to the Greek, so sorry. I think I have. But the fact that I can't remember tells you about all you need to know about that movie. I don't, I just, this cast is really great. This cast is really great. The script was is really great. And it's directed really well. And I, a lot of my favorite things in this movie are things you like, They're, like, very small, subtle, like, clearly just sort of, like, directorial choices. Like, in the background of a bunch of scenes, there's weddings going on. Like, there's constantly weddings going on all the time that sort of, like, heighten his being there alone as a recently dumped person. Every time he sits down to eat, a waiter comes up and removes the other set of, like, place things. And they never mention it. It, It's just, like, there's so many subtle things done to, like, heighten this man's loneliness that just is really smart. And so I think in addition to being absolutely hysterical and having, yes, slightly cartoonish, but then you're right, played very real characters, you also have tiny choices that make it just a really, a really well-drawn world and a really good movie overall. Yeah. There's also just lots of funny people that like don't have very big parts. I mean, Bill Hader as his stepbrother is hilarious um june diane raphael shows up for you know like i don't know two minutes june diane raphael kind of a rom-com um a big a big person in the rom-com world as she is the writer of uh she is the co-writer of bride wars and she is in and she is in long shot where she is so i feel like we talk about long shot a lot (laughs) A, it's, it's so a very, good. very good movie, and B, June Dunn Raphael in it is so fucking hysterical. Anyway, she and Casey Wilson wrote Bride Wars, so they are rom-com. Bride Wars, movies. yeah. So oh, she's in this for, like, she's in this for, I don't know, a couple of minutes. The woman, I can never Carla remember Gallo. her name. Is that, yeah, she plays the girl that keeps saying hi, and then she also is in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes, she's the toe-sucking girl in 40-Year-Old Virgin, and this, she keeps saying hi and then says, um, no, she's the girl in this that says, you can gag me if you want. He goes, you brought a gag? <laughs> Do you want to gag me? And he goes, kind of, now. <laughs> um, yes, she's also, she plays his girlfriend in Undeclared, um, and he's not really, he's like a guest star in Undeclared. He's not there all the time. She's more of a lead in Undeclared than Jason Segel is, but he plays her like, 
she's like the female lead in that show and he's and Jason Siegel is like her crazy obsessive um long distance high school boyfriend. She's very funny and deserves uh to be a bigger star. Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, there's some um you mentioned the Samantha line. I'm Samantha. Um <laughs> He pulls out the banana when he's getting drunk. And he's like, not us, right, buddy? <laughs> Just like him alone at a bar is so sad and funny. Um, There's some references. Sex in the City, Flavor of Love, that puts you very much in 2008. I love when he says she acted like a girl from Flavor of Love. I love that we are allowing our female lead to act like a girl from Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love's brought us some of our best pop culture icons. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, you know who else is in this movie? Doesn't have a line. Can barely see him. I assume maybe he had a longer line in the uncut version. Is the guy who plays um, Long, Long Duck Dong. Yep. <laughs> yes. He, I literally, I like had to Google it because I was like, is that actually him? Are we sure that that's actually him? Yeah. Um, Because he is, he is like a check-in guy um, at the hotel or like he's another, he has the same job that. Mila Kunis has, but he doesn't have a line. He's just standing there. He just stands there, yeah. He, you're right. He must have had, although it's not in the larger cut, but he must have had a bigger part um, originally because I can't imagine him just playing an extra. There's a great, There's also they're also watching an old episode of Will and Grace on the plane, a classic episode of Will and Grace on the plane. Oh, I uh, missed that. They're wa- oh, maybe that was only in the um, extended version, but on the plane, yeah. watching the episode of Will and Grace where she has the water bra. Oh, God, that is such a good episode. Yeah. The Billy Baldwin as um, Sarah Marshall's co-star on her crime procedural drama. Great choice. The Great spoofing choice. of crime procedurals. I mean, come on. A plus. A plus. Yeah. A Plus, and you, Carrie and I are crime procedural stands. Carrie more so than I. I'm sort of a law and order uh, purist. I like my law and order and my law and order SVU, and that's sort of where I end it. But Carrie loves a lo- – what's the one you like? Taken? No. Criminal Taken. Minds. You love Criminal, criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, yeah. Love Criminal Minds. So bad. So poorly written. So problematic. But I watch that shit all day Well, long, and man. I think they do a really good job of – spoofing me oh they do a great job of spoofing it i mean they spoof like i you know that the way the dialogue is just always exposition the dialogue is terrible the storylines are totally outlandish i mean it's all weird sexual innuendos right did you watch through the beginning of the credits when they do the new show she's on animal instincts feels like something that i mean no shows are being bought anymore because tv has shut down but animal instincts where jason bateman is then her (laughs) Her criminal yes. partner. Hysterical. Great. So good. Um, yeah, this is a very smart comedy. This is. Yes. But I think it also does a good job with the like rom-com part of it. Like the more romantic piece of it. You know, like I really like the relationship that we see develop between Jason Siegel and Mila Kunis. Um, I think they are both very good actors. I like watching them. Jason Siegel in particular, I think is a fantastic actor. Um, I think a lot of times he kind of, he plays like these goofy characters with a heart, 
But when he gets to do those more vulnerable moments, he really kind of shines through. I think the kind of classic moment for me is in How I Met Your Mother when, spoiler, um, Marshall's dad dies. His performance around that whole like three episode arc was fantastic. He he that whole performance was great, and I see lots of that in this forgetting Sarah Marshall performance. That you know he is goofy and he's ridiculous and he's naked a lot of the time. And but then there's also these very sweet moments and these very vulnerable moments. And I think Jason Siegel moves fluidly through all of that. A good example of that in this movie um, is when he's talking about the cereal boxes that the, she bought him. He loves cereal, but the, he would leave the box open and it would get stale. So Sarah Marshall bought him plastic containers to keep his cereal. And now he always has the freshest cereal. It's funny because it's funny how much he's repeating the word cereal. But it's also just sort of like, oh, that's such a nice, specific. It's both a well-written and well-acted monologue. So good job, Jason Siegel on both. Yeah. Did we mention that he wrote this movie? He also wrote this movie. Um, because because it's so, it's like such a specific thing that that is a kind thing she did for him and a thoughtful gift. But then also something that like you would miss if that person was gone. Right. Um, and it that shows sort of like a sad vulnerability, and also it's very funny. Yeah. I like it that in the relig- sort of like evangelical couple that he's the more prudish one and that she's the more sort of like, we got married, we are allowed to do this now, let's like figure out, this is going to be fun, I want sex. Like I like that we're allowing women to want sex and and Jack McBrayer, who plays this, maybe only this type of character, but plays it so well as that sort of like very uncomfortable, like... I just think often you see the other version of it, of the guy that's like, yeah, let's fucking get laid. And the girls don't want to. And I like, I like that uh, twist. I don't know that I ever want to see Jack McBrayer as like a hungry for sex character. No. I do think, though, there's some moments with the Mila Kunis character where, you know, and I think we're playing with some interesting gender stuff where like he's the more sensitive one. But then she like feminizes him and makes you know like um at one point she's trying to get him to jump off a cliff and she says like your vagina is showing and then when they're having sex he like asks for enthusiastic consent a thing we should applaud and she's like god like stop being so sensitive and so i there are these kind of like internalized moments of like feminizing as weak or feminine feminine as weak um, yeah. that kind of made me like ick a little. Yeah, that moment is interesting because it is like we don't often see enthusiastic consent conveyed in movies, although and she does respond with don't be so sensitive. But that is that is her giving him enthusiastic consent. Like, I don't think we are we are you're right, like a little bit sort of conveying his sensitivity as a weakness. But I also think because he is the lead character of this movie and someone men will watch and say like this, like, I think it's nice to see a lead character of a movie exemplifying those traits and not having him be sort of like, the point of the movie is not like he becomes less sensitive over the course of the movie. He eventually stands up for himself, but he's still that sort of sensitive character. And it's nice to see those. I don't get the sense that he like lost that part of himself. 
Um, and I was thinking about the part when she says, I can see your vagina from here, which is a sexist joke, but also <laughs> one that we would have done in 2008 yeah. and one that like made me giggle. And it was the sort of thing of like, would these people say that or is this movie suggesting that he's weak for not jumping off a cliff? I don't know. I think both a little bit of both. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. So when we watched, um, what was that movie? Knocked Up. One of my criticisms was that there wasn't enough Paul Rudd being goofy. And this has that in spades. And this is the Paul Rudd I love. There are only two scenes with Paul Rudd, and he's so funny. But And he gets to just be ridiculous. Like, he doesn't have to be, like, straight guy at all. He just is, like, funny guy. He is the joke guy. And it's great. You sound like you're from London, is something he says to Russell Brand while he has coral <laughs> on his leg. <laughs> My favorite Paul Rudd line in this movie is when Jason Segel first goes to, like, get Paul Rudd as the surf instructor, who we never see surf. But he goes to get surf instructions, and he's like, and he asks him his name. He's like, are you Chad? And he was like, that's my mainland name. My island name is Kunu. <laughs> and he's like, oh, how'd you come up with that? And he goes, I just, I put it in, it means Chad. I put it into an internet thing. <laughs> Chad is what, it's like, he's the perfect, like, white guy moved to, he embodies a, like, white guy who's moved to Hawaii and has, like, appropriated Polynesian culture and is, and he, right, and he's like, oh, like, I'm 44 and I have no responsibilities. My favorite interaction is when he's like, um, Jason Siegel asks him what time it is, and he says, oh, I haven't worn a watch since I moved down here. And Jason Siegel says, oh, that's so cool. Like, thinking he's meaning, like, I'm not bound by time or whatever. And Paul Rudd's like, no, I just mean because, like, my phone has a clock on it. <laughs> I also love in that same scene where he's like, when life hands you lemons, just say fuck lemons and bail. <laughs> he's so bizarre. It's great. I will I will say, speaking of uh, a character appropriating Polynesian culture, it, there is no main character uh, who is a, a Hawaiian. But this, uh, which a movie that takes place in Hawaii would have been nice to see. But they do do a nice job of filling out the like, tertiary cast which i guess is the best we can do with like the the guy who's mila kunis's ex-boyfriend and his friend who also works at the hotel and the hotel worker who helps him who like teaches who goes and they uh prepare a pig for the roast and then they become friends um there are hawaiian people with speaking lines in this and i understand that that is a very very low bar and wouldn't it be nice if, like, any of our main characters were? But it was nice to see at least some non-white people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this had kind of, like, bar. a similar feel to, like, 50 First Dates, where, like, it's a bunch of white people hanging out in Hawaii, and then there's some Hawaiian people thrown in there for posterity. Right. Kristen Bell is very funny. Kristen Bell is very funny. And that's the other thing I like is that, like, Kristen Bell is very funny. Mila Kunis is very funny. And funny in different ways. Yeah. Like, we're, like, we're, they are not there. Yes, there is some, yes, there is some problems with the drawing of the female characters, but they are not there to set up the men to be funny. They are holding their own. Um, and they are also comedic characters. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I like that. 
I like that. I really like Kristen Bell as an actor. I think she's, um, again, she's another one that moves very fluidly between goofball comedy and more vulnerable moments. Yeah. There's a section where Russell Brand just repeatedly refers to Paul Rudd as hotel man. <laughs> Russell Brand has some really funny lines. What happened to him? What? He's gone and we don't know. I said that to Jeff last night when we were watching. I said, where is Russell Brand? There's a, there's a moment where this goes back to my like kind of cool girl or like, I don't know. That just kind of bothered me. Um, was there's a scene in a bar. He and Mila Kunis are in a bar and he's like, let me go get you an, like another beer because you drank your beer or whatever. And she was like, you don't have to wait on me. Like, I'm not that kind of girl. And I think what she's... And then there's like a, a flashback to him always holding the Sarah Marshall's purse on like red carpets and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, again, just sort of that, like, I'm not that type of girl... And that juxt- juxtaposition. Well, and the thing that irked me about it is it's like juxtaposing two sort of different things. We're painting Sarah Marshall as a selfish character, which is fair. And like having him like constantly hold her purse and she was always the one in the spotlight. And and he was sort of he sort of cared for her without a lot right. of reciprocal right. care is a fair like criticism of their relationship. That is not the same as like. Um, like him like go- going to get her drinks or like and her sort of posing like I can get my own drink as as not being a selfish it's it's like they're trying to equate two things that are they're not, not the same the same issue it's like I like that we're getting that Mila Kunis is a different we're, we're, we're trying to get at it is that Mila Kunis is a more generous and like caring person than Sarah Marshall but her being able to get her own drink is not right is not accomplishing it's not that it would be one thing if she was like, if they first got there and she was like, let me go buy us around. Or I would like to have seen her do something for him that, and then we get the idea that Sarah Marshall wasn't that type right. of person. And then like later you see a pop of, it's nice because you see like his remembering their relationship and how it wasn't perfect. And then you see her remembering their relationship and how he was a better caregiver than Russell Brand. And like he would go out in the stupid, ugly clothes she would buy him and Russell Brand wouldn't want to. There's a scene Uh, later where, um, so he's the the kind of through one of the through lines of this movie is that he's been working on this (laughs) Dracula Muppet musical for many years. And, um, one of the like later we get this moment where Mila Kunis is like you know that's really funny and I really like that and and then we get a flashback to Sarah Marshall being like I don't get it and so I think that does a better job of accomplishing like maybe this woman this is a better match for him than yes I can get my own beer like I can get my own beer it just it it it's and you don't lazy. have to dote on me. Like, that's not dote. Yeah. It's just tired. Like, it's a tired trope of, like, again, it it falls back a little bit on that cool girl trope of, like, it's cool. Like, I, I drink beer out of the bottle and I can go get it myself. You know, like, it just is sort of one dimensional, I think. Although you and I are both women who drink beer out of the bottle and get it ourselves. Sure. But, but like, it's not a yes. Like, I drink beer out of the bottle and I can go to the bar and get it myself. But I. That's not a tenant of my personality. Do you know what I mean? Correct. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, I agree. She's a little, 
there are moments where she's a little cool girl and then moments where she isn't where she's more interesting than that right but and i think that part of the- we don't sort of need that first we could have gone deeper into the character and explored that sort of like laid back yeah. part of her personality in a more interesting well and i think because we do get those more interesting moments like it's clear the movie is capable of that and so the lazy stuff feels more lazy Yes, I think because this movie is so smart and well-written, that sort of moment also stuck out to me. And it flashes out as a like, oh, this is a part that doesn't measure up to the other two right. hours of this movie. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. The The moment where she like likes the what's weird about him in a way that Sarah Marshall was very concerned with what was with the way they appeared. Yes, together. that ac- does a better job of accomplishing a, the juxtaposition in a... Yes. non-sexist tropey way yeah i did like there was because in the same scene of her sort of being the cool girl he discovers that the men's bathroom is essentially wallpapered with pictures of drunk women who have been it, the implication is drunkenly coerced into getting pictures taken of them with their boobs out um, there is a, they never explicitly say this, but she says like, my boyfriend made me do it. He, I, I hate it and I can't take it down. I liked that. I liked that she wasn't like, yeah, I flashed my tits and took a picture. Like I liked that she wasn't okay. Yeah. With it. Like again, we're letting her be like, yeah, I was basically like forced into doing it. I fucking hate it, but I've tried to get it taken down and you can't. It sets up like her as a person with agency, something bad happened to her. She tried to remedy it men suck wasn't allowed she's sort of trying to let it go whatever and then it sets up a nice hero moment for him later where he gets the shit kicked out of him to get that picture yes and it's a nice way to have him have a hero moment and have her sort of still not lose any of that yes i agree i I actually in a in a worse written version of the cool girl she'd be like yeah took a picture and flash my tits and i love that it's now up for men to pee on right (laughs) in what world? Um, yes. And I actually, like, had kind of forgotten what her reaction was. And so when that scene happened, it comes right after the, like, I'm not that type of girl moment. And so I kind of, yes. like, like held my breath, like, ooh, this is going to be bad. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And I exhaled. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she very, like, she very straightforwardly is like, no, I hate yes. that it's up there. I have I have worked. I have tried to get it down. I asked him. He won't do it. Right. It ruins the integrity of the co-op. Right. And then later jason siegel and let me just clarify i'm not gets the shit kicked out i'm not saying that if you have a your boobs on a bar bathroom somewhere like i'm not judging that's really fine if you're fine with that that's fine but if you were sober enough and able to consent to it being there the implication in this movie is that she was not and the picture implies that she was not right but i'm just saying like there are women for whom that is not a big deal and i get that but i think in this movie, it felt more authentic that she had an issue with it. I think it would have yes. rang false if she hadn't. Yes. Yeah. Where does this rank in your... This is not one of the four movies directed by Judd Apatow, but as far as Apatow family of movies go, where so like those four movies, this, super bad. Um, this is pretty high for me. I guess get it. This and Forty Year Old Virgin, Virgin are like probably my two favorites. This is my favorite. Yeah, this is a good one. 
this is probably the best movie of all of them. Like, top to bottom, best. I would have to rewatch Superbad. I think Superbad is a pretty tight movie as well. That's maybe a good point. I think I like this movie better than Superbad, but I think... I think Judd Apatow is maybe a better producer than he is himself a writer. Oh, yeah. I think think we've said that before. And I think, like, Jason Segel and Nick Stoller were young and new when they did this movie in the same way that, like, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were young and new when they did um, Super Bad. And so they they weren't able to sort of – they had – they were probably forced to make more cuts and make more choices, whereas Judd Apatow was sort of – he's an auteur so he's given free reign to do sort of whatever he wants i will say i don't think judd apatow produced it but it was written and directed by seth rogan and evan goldberg long shot is probably one of the greatest romantic comedies in the last 10 years yes without question i might watch long shot today i might add it to the list so that we can watch it soon. it's a good one um I tried to make the list yesterday and I tried to make it so it wasn't just like movies I wanted to watch in the rest of the year so that we would have some that didn't hold up. But also a lot of it is just what do I want to watch in the next year. Any last thoughts? What was your conclusion? It holds up. It holds up. I think the I think like anything, especially any 12 year old movie, there are ways it could have been more uh, feminist and more intersectional. But I I think this movie does a very good job. Um and I will continue to go back to it. It's, I love this. Movie. Yeah, I agree. So yes, next week we are doing, next week we are doing sleeping with other people. It'll be fun to see if that holds up. You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod at Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast and on Facebook at rock at women. Cause they won't let us change it. Um, uh, please uh, rate review and subscribe. Please tell your friends. Um, please tell us movies you want to do and, um, you know, you know, this is a fun way to live while we're all in self-isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Stay safe. Keep your friends and family safe. Keep your community safe. Be a good neighbor. Yes. Practice social distancing. Practice social distancing. Bye. Thanks. Bye.